Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Friday, a sunny summer, summer, summertime Friday afternoon in the Berg. You already know the drill inside the Electric Factory for the next two hours. He's Arthur Motes, the wily NFL veteran. Oh, hey, hey. I'm Wesley Euler, the goofy journo kid with the good hair. The pond hockey legend. And this is our little two-hour corner of the radio sphere that we call Steelers Blitz. You want to chime in anytime over the next two hours? You already know. You already know. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52 The body. And I'm fired up today, Motsi. Couple reasons, right? It's a Friday. It's oh, all, it is? You know, we, I feel like, listen, you and I, I mean, our listeners dubbed us the Electric Factory for a reason. This is very true. We've always got energy. We're pretty electrical. But, you know, there's just something about a Friday. Mm-hmm. Particularly about a Friday, you know, in the summertime when the weather's summer, nice. Summer, you know, you and I come in here and we're already talking about our, our grilling and our cooking and our smoking meats plans for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about getting ribs, and I'm talking about going down and getting a nice pork shoulder in the strip district after here. There's something about a Friday in the summertime that just gets me energized and jacked up. And also here, Motsi, in about 15, 20 minutes, we're going to talk to our buddy Brian Backo. The, the return! Return up the Mac. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just all kinds of fired up here on a Friday. Of course, we've got a bunch of good stuff to get to. But we start with some real tangible NFL news, Arthur Motes. And that is uh, the tabling of a lot of these NFL proposals and new rules, right? The onside kick alternative, chief most amongst them. But I do love this, Motes. The, the term tabling. Mm. It's just like I was thinking about this today when, when I was reading this article. Uh, it makes me think of the Dudley brothers. Yeah. Get the tables! <laughs> like, I was going to say, where does that come from? Getting, I'm telling you, the Dudley brothers. We're going to table it. Yeah, that means just I'm going to get table. the tables. Get the yeah. tables? I guess that makes put sense. Put them on the table, 3 DM, and after that, we get to go. Uh, but for the second straight year, right, Motsi, uh, the owners are deciding to pass, to table the idea of a uh, – a new rule for onside kicks, right? And this wouldn't completely replace onside kicks, but maybe an alternative to an onside kick, right? The fourth and 15 play instead of the onside kick that's been discussed. Uh, but the owners, again, have decided to pass on that. Uh, it failed badly last year. I think it was much closer this year. Uh, but I don't know, Arthur Motes. Uh, you know, today there's some people are making their no fun league jokes again today because of this. Yes, it's very true, man. But for me, I I do like the fact that we're sticking to keeping the game as pure as possible in in its original sense, in its original form. I feel like you are definitely treading on thin ice the more you start to add some of these potential, in the words of Mr. Rooney, gimmicks. Gimmicks? And I don't think that it's fair for the football purists. I don't think it's fair for the history of the game. I mean, you think about the game as a whole and how consistent it's been throughout the decades of decades of decades, actually centuries. And the fact is throughout all the changes, even though we've, and I say we, because anybody that's played, I mean, you all have been a part of the changes throughout the years. 
I think that we've all done a great job of helping advance the game, helping to leave it better than when we got it. But I still can see through it all how the base fundamentals of the game are still intact. Hmm. I think when you start changing the basic fundamentals of the game in terms of in this in, in the onside kick conversation, like that is a basic fundamental. How do you uh, like just changing that out of it? Even though us as fans, we say you know it would be cool to see a change up in that regard, make it a little more competitive. Exciting, yeah. But it still takes away from the pure form of the game. I mean, I, I kind of equate onside kick, obviously special teams. I put it in the same vein of if you're playing basketball, the free throw. Like, even though some people are terrible at free throws, some people are extremely good at free throws. Some teams have lost at the free throw line right at the end of the game. Some people have won it there. But you can't take the free throw away just because your team or or because multiple teams have struggled there and they've lost some games at the line because somebody got fouled or the hack a shack right. and all these other things. No, you have to adapt and improve your skills. I really like that parallel by you, the free throw shooting one. So when I look at special teams, I mean, how often are we trying to phase special teams out? And we always mask it under the term of we're trying to keep the game safer. We're trying to move this up here, take that there. All right, now when we're talking about the onside kick, we understand how dangerous it is, this and that. But you know what? Let's make it a little more exciting. Let's do this instead because, I mean, wouldn't you rather see Russell Wilson get a chance when he was playing the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers? Wouldn't you rather see Aaron Rodgers get a chance to get the ball back and, and, or that defense be out there for that fourth and 15 onside kick instead of them kicking the, the onside kick to that tight end who dropped the ball? <laughs> But I'm like, dude, I'm not about to change that rule because of that instance. I look at it like, hey, if you want that ball back, that guy should have been better coached. He should have been better prepared, and he should have executed at a higher level. And ultimately, that's my thought process when it comes to that. Just because a percentage is low in this regard, I don't think that you need to rush to change and make drastic changes. Like I said, initially, I mean, it was a fun idea, without a doubt. Sure. But understanding the purity of the game, I do 100% agree with why they decided to get the tables and that really is the balance right i you know you and i i've half joked i'm, I'm half joking i'm half serious right when i when i've said like i said this to, to you i think two weeks ago and you kind of you gave me a worship up and down mm. like i'd be cool and again i I'm, I'm half being facetious when i say this i'd be cool if you know there were no more kickers in the nfl just punters right <laughs> no field, no field goals no extra points you got to go for two every time and and, and no kicking field goals you know from the 37 yard line bombing some 53 yard field goal i want to see russell wilson and aaron mm. Rodgers duke it out i don't want to see some skinny dude who looks like me running out on the sideline mm -hmm. to make the kick but you rightfully so have pointed out to me that hey that's part of what makes team sports great, right? Is that, that those kickers, their role, you can argue, is just as important as the quarterback because of moments like that. We win as a team with those guys. We lose as a team with those guys. A along the same veins of that discussion, as someone who, I mean, let's be real, when you came into the NFL in 2010, it's not the same league now in 2020 that Correct. it was in 2010. I think particularly on defense and a lot of the ways that you can hit guys and the contact you can make and a lot of those things, but when you look at it from the sense of, like you mentioned, everybody who plays football and really cares about the integrity of the game wants the league to be in a better place when they retire than it was when they got there. How do you evaluate with that in mind the traditionalist sense, right, of this is the way that football has always been, this is the integrity of the game, this is a part of the game, versus, right, just kind of the evolution of sport that, you know, competition committees, and, and we see that 
in every sport, right? Mm -hmm. Not just football, just the way that sports evolve naturally with the athletes and with the way that the game goes and the way that coaches are able to come up with new techniques. How do you balance then wanting to keep the traditional integrity of football, right? But also knowing that games evolve, rules change, and, and entertainment in this day and age is important, you know, for consumers. Yeah, man, it's not an easy balance. But I do think that when you're going about making these changes, you have to do it. I think less is more sometimes. Hmm. Like if you just come out and you want to make a big heavy-handed change, hey, let's wipe out all the special teams. Initially, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a, a faction that's going to like that. But I do think throughout time and, and not even a distant amount of time, like a shorter span of time, people are going to lose their taste in that because they will, they will see just how much of a gimmick or how much of a hmm. too much of a one-off this was or could potentially be. I think in that regard, it's important to you make incremental changes, incremental changes, and you see how it goes. And then it's not so much of a knee-jerk reaction. It's not so much of a, man, this is so drastic of a change that now altering the landscape correct, of the Like yeah. the overall look of football doesn't look like football. Like, that's what you want to avoid. I mean, we talk about the XFL and what they were doing in terms of how they altered the kickoff. And even though we were like, man, it was still it was exciting. Right. I still don't know long term how successful that particular alteration would have been because it didn't even look like football at times. Or you look at some of these situations where I forgot what, what league it was where they weren't even having a kickoff. They were literally, I, I want to say they take the ball like the 20 or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's just, it just Was that the AAF? That might have been the AAF. Yeah, it wasn't a, a traditional kickoff. It's just you get the ball at the 20 and you go. And it's, yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get behind that 100%. And it's hard to get behind that and continue to believe in it year after year after year after year. When we've seen for decade after decade Correct. that that's been a part of football. And then – one thing leads to another. So once you minimize the role of special teams and once you take it away, well, now you have to have the conversation about your roster construction because there's no need to have 53-man rosters if you're not going to have special teams out there. So now the whole structure of that third or fourth linebacker that you would have been able to keep, that third or fourth running back you would have been able to keep, no, that's not happening anymore. Well, now that's going to affect your foot, your your overall offense and defense now because you don't have the same depth. Right. You see how how this thing can go and how it can have a ripple effect, which is why I'm always preaching, hey, be careful about wanting those special teams because for every time that you see that out there, just understand those guys are backing up here or some guys start on special teams along with on offense and defense. Right. So it, it's a lot that goes into it. It's not as cut and dry as people want to make it think. Yeah, we always try and do that, right? I Come mean, on, that's, man. You know it's black and white. That's right. It's always got to be black and white. There can never be any gray area. We mm. do that in sports. We certainly do that in politics. We do that whoa, in Whoa, whoa, whoa. You everything. can't say politics on the show. You know that. All right. The P word that's not the potential P word, the other P word, ends with a politics. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, you know, we got a lot of things that we don't talk about on the show here, Mochi. Yeah, man. You know? um, yeah, I... I like how you kind of said it there that you can do these things incrementally, see if it's for you know see if it's for the greater good, see what the crowd reaction is, but it doesn't seem like a drastic change. And even if it's like something that we discussed yesterday, right, the pass interference rule, which is getting you know ixnayed on the xnay. If it if you try it for one year and it doesn't work, it's always okay to say, eh, you know what, we're gonna scrap that too. You know, you don't have to be too proud to 
install something one year, you don't like the way it works and continue to kind of dig your feet into the ground and get mm-hmm. stubborn about it. I, I do – I like that. It seems like they've got a good grasp on that. The other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on here were the idea of the sky judge, right? And I guess they're – you know, they've agreed to a preseason test, I think is the best way to put yes. it, right, of maybe like a, uh, like a watered-down version of the sky judge. As a former player, do you think – that that's something that is a good idea. They just need to find out how to implement it. I think in this situation, they're kind of overthinking it. Okay. The way the XFL implemented the sky judge, it was very simple. It wasn't a lot of man moving parts and things like that. It it was okay. This guy's going to be here. If he sees something, he's calling it. There is no debate about it. If it's wrong, he's handling it. There is no debate. There is no long, a longer gated process or a elongated process, which we see in the NFL so many times. Oh, we got to go to New York. And you're like, everybody here in this stadium, everybody watching the television right now knows what this should be. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't take 10 minutes for you to get this done. Right. But the NFL looks like, oh, man, we got to hey, stir up the drama. Hold on. Just keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. You know, flip Show the coin. Show it from 37 different angles. Yeah, yeah hey, hey, flip the coin. Let's not even use logic. Just flip the coin. Okay? If it's head, then we'll agree with it. If it's tails, we'll say it was bad. Like, I don't think it has to be that deep. No. The Sky Judge that was implemented to XFL got amazing reviews because we all saw and we all saw how clear and concise it was. And transparent too. Absolutely. You could hear the guy talking, you could hear his thought process, and you could see just bam, okay, cool. No debate about it. He's the only one talking. Let's go. I think to me, that isn't some hard thing to do. And this is why I think the NFL is overthinking and kind of getting in their own way in this regard. I think so too. And I I think it works the opposite way in terms of the frustration as well, right? For as many times as everyone can see it clear-cut, this is what happened, but they still spend 10 minutes reviewing it. There's also times, Motsi, where they spend 10 minutes reviewing something. We've all seen it from 37 different camera angles, and we're still not entirely sure. Eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Eh, his foot might have been eh, – I don't know. That ball might have touched the ground. Eh, I don't know. Did he really get that second foot in? Eh, I'm not sure. Did he step out of bounds before this happened? Like, I think of the Julian Edelman play, right? Two years ago in the AFC Championship game would have been the 2018, that catch that Julian Edelman made against yes. the Chiefs mm-hmm. that they reviewed for three hours. Or, or, <laughs> or was it a fumble? Or was it not a fumble on the, uh, the was it the punt return? I yes, think it was. Yeah. Yes, there's still not a clear look, even though we've seen it, again, from 37 different angles. Yeah, I, I think one guy who can kind of say, all right, this is what it is, or look, we don't have a clear look at this. We're sticking with the call on the field. But that doesn't build up the drama, baby. You, you know drama sells, man. Drama That's sells. The NFL. Drama sells. It, it really does. It's funny. Uh, you know, the same dudes who, uh, you know, claim to hate reality TV and hate drama and all that stuff, they don't realize, I mean, sports sports is the ultimate example of drama. That's why we love it so much for all these reasons that play into it, uh, for sure. Coming up next, I'm excited about this. What's happening? My buddy Brian Backo. The? He just tweeted, the boys found my number. <laughs> oh, the you same know, number listen, since the seventh say, grade. This guy Come hasn't on. changed his number since the seventh grade. We didn't have to find it back Come then, all right? On. We just had to, uh, you know, not be jabronis and remember to uh, to have our boy. I wrote it down oh, on boy. my hand with the pen. I was like, let me spec. Yeah, well, you know what's happened? I wrote it down last week for Backo on Thursday, but I've been washing my hands so many times. Ah, uh, okay. That was always my excuses when I forgot my homework assignments mm. in high school, too. Oh, I would say my dog ate it. <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the Batman, Brian Backo, joins us on the other side for some good football talk. Rolling along here inside the Electric Factory on a Friday.
Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back in the saddle, we go to the phone lines. Our good buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Normally, we talk to him on Thursdays, but, you know, we goofed yesterday. All right, I can be, you know, I can be a man about it. I can admit it here. It was my fault. All right, well, I guess it was kind of Moats' fault, too, because Moats... Whoa, wow, Moats, throw and, me into the bus. And, and, I mean, Backo can correct me if I'm wrong, but Moats was the one who said, I'm calling you on Thursday. Yeah, so, see, what had happened was... <laughs> Due to, to the whole COVID-19 situation, the phones had been a little... They hadn't been disinfected properly. <laughs> and I didn't want us to take the chance of calling Batco knowing that, hey, he doesn't want us to jeopardize our lives just to call him. So I had to wait an extra day to clean out the phones. And now that the phones are clean, sanitized, wiped down, now we're good to go. And that's why we called Brian Batco. Batco, you buying that? I don't know, man. Most all I know is, when, when you tweeted me, uh, what, last week, a week ago today, all you said was that you are going to call me on Thursday. You didn't necessarily give me a time during the show. So I was awake from 12.01 a.m. Uh, yesterday. And then finally, imagine my uh, sadness at 11.59 p.m. when that call just never came. Oh, man. I felt like a spurned uh, seventh-grade boyfriend again. <laughs> I mean, that's the saddest story I've heard in a wow. long time. Our guy. That's what you're going to do to me today? That's crazy. He's like a wounded puppy just waiting by the door for, you know. Yeah, for picture me. one of those old phones that you have to actually, like, hang up back on the hook. That's what I was sitting next to all day yesterday. <laughs> Becco, how you hanging in there during all this court? You know, normally, you know, you, Mozi, and I, we'd be cutting up telling jokes you know talking about dodgeball tournaments down at the upmc bringing fresh fruit and and garden salsa (laughs) chips but normally we'd be cutting it up and and watching some steelers and talking some steelers down on the uh, upmc rooney sports complex on the south side obviously no otas and mini camp going on now Uh, how you hanging in there buddy at least you're getting uh to spend a lot of time with with that newborn with that son of yours yeah i'm doing just fine thanks for asking wes a lot of uh you know, Zoom calls with, with friends and family. I guess that that's not happening quite as much uh, anymore as it was the first month of, of quarantine. But it's funny, actually, last week, uh, while you while I was tweeting with most, I was on a Zoom call uh, with a bunch of friends, uh, you know, kind of across the country. And, and someone asked, who is the most famous person that you could get to call into this um, Zoom right now? If you just, like, drop the link in, in, their, in a text or a DM or whatever – and I'm thinking to myself, and we, you know, it was a bunch of sports writers for the most part. So we were, I think we were saying, you know, other than guys that you've covered and built a relationship with over the years, because that's kind of not fair. But I was thinking, you know, I, I didn't cover Moats' career in, yeah. in Pittsburgh. And I think if I would have texted or, or DM Moats uh, a link to a Zoom and said, hey, I'm bringing in uh, longtime NFL linebacker, former Steeler, former Bill, and actually one of my buddies on the call is a Bills fan, uh, I think that could have been pretty good. See, I'm with it, man. You should have done that, man. You know I will pull up. You know I don't care. Virtually or in person, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Although, I guess I might have been disqualified because while I didn't cover you with the Steelers, uh, I did write about you when you retired as a Steeler last year at training camp. So, 
Uh, not sure you still would have been eligible, but so uh, yeah, I just tried right to get there. you to slide through. I see the technicalities going on right there, man. It, it, it's some loopholes in how we could have maneuvered through that situation, though. <laughs> Wes, who's the most famous person you could get to uh, to join you on a Zoom call? Just, you know, drop everything. Uh, no explanation needed. Oh, you really put me on. You, you're trying Uh-oh, to get me go. to do the, the you're trying to get me to do the humble brag thing here, aren't Uh-oh. you? Let's flex. <laughs> Let's flex. Because my flex was Arthur Motes. I've already got that out of the way. Um... Now, wait, does this have to be Pittsburgh-centric or just in general? Just in general, I think, right? Just in general. I, yeah. I think it'd, it'd be almost better if it's beyond Pittsburgh. If you've got mm. something like if you can just call up Kardashian or something. All right. You want me to name drop? You want me to do it? You want me to be that guy? Be that guy. James Taylor. Sweet baby. What? Sweet baby James. <laughs> mm-hmm. All okay, right. Okay. Backo, I don't know if you've heard this before, actually. I know Moats knows this. Uh, my father is everyone who's listened to our show knows this. Uh, at least the loyalists. My father's a violinist in the Pittsburgh Symphony. Mm-hmm. Um, for, yeah. two, for two summers, though, it's either 96, 97, or 97, 98. I can never remember which one. But for two summers. Was it the last dance? For two, <laughs> for two summers, my dad uh, was, was James's tour violinist on tour. So my dad and James Taylor have a relationship. Uh, he's been to my house for dinner before. Nice. James Taylor and I, this is a true story. We have gone rollerblading at North Park before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Wow. Um, I like it. So I don't have his phone number, but I got an email address. <laughs> so I might be able to s- just slide the Zoom link in there and who knows what like would it. happen. So, yeah, if you're going to ask me to be that guy and to name drop, James Taylor, baby. Got to do well, it I once guess in a that while. Would- that would depend on how often uh, Mr. Taylor checks his email. Right. Guess, I'm sure he, he's, he's really probably got somebody who does that, that for happen. him. <laughs> I like that. But I would love okay. to see his smiling face on a Zoom call. Uh, I know my, my mother-in-law and, and her uh, family all are, are big James Taylor fans, as uh, as am myself. Well, you know, Backo, there's just something in the way you move, buddy. Mm, I see what you did there. <laughs> How about Crowley throwing shade at me, saying that I was begging to get back on the show with you guys? That's what? not at all how it went. That's down. blasphemous, man. Yeah, and that coming from Crowley too. I mean, he's the king of beggars. I mean, what are we what are we doing here? You saw that I almost tackled him at the end of the uh, brilliant video brought to us uh, on Twitter, That's which right. was the impetus for all of this, by the way. <laughs> David, from, yeah, uh, David, most valuable listener, D. Hev. D. Hev in that video. Yeah, Backo was ready to take Crowley out there. He I was. mean, there was a red it, card. It was about to get bad. <laughs> There was a red card there. It's a good thing that that highlight clip. Listen, the cart was about to come off a crowd, man. It, it was going to be over. He was going, just, oh, my leg is ripped off. Like, that's where this was going. Studs up from back out, right? <laughs> right into the shin. Uh, uh, Brian Backo, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the program. Buddy, We uh, looks like we're not going to have an onside kick alternative this season. Uh, you cool with that? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't one of the people pushing for the fourth and 15 role. I personally think it should be called fifth and 15 if it's ever a thing or or maybe zero and 15 because you really don't have three downs before it but anyway regardless of what you call it by any other name uh, I actually agree uh, with Art Rooney too just that I can't really put my finger on why I think it's too gimmicky but uh, it's like the old definition of obscenity I just know it when I see it so uh, (laughs) that one didn't really pass the uh, the sniff test for me I don't have a better solution though I I know people don't usually want to hear uh, you know, poo-pooing ideas. If you don't have a better solution yourself, I don't love the. Come on, man! This is America. You don't need so solutions. Hard. Just, just get your opinion yeah, yeah, out there. Thank you, most. But uh, yeah, I don't really have a better idea. And, and as far as the onside kick, I, I agree with the people who say it's not necessarily a bad thing to, to take an unsafe play out of the game if you can. But 
it is football at the end of the day, and, and even if it's just once per game or, or maybe once every other game that you have to have a play like that, uh, then I guess so be it and, and so we think of something better. Yeah, man, I'm glad you said that. I, I could definitely agree with that, man. And for me, when we're talking the whole gimmick thing, I talked to Wes a little bit about this earlier. I'm just not a fan of the game going away from its purest form. I mean, the the core things of football, special teams, the onside kick, offense, defense, those are the core things that I just personally don't feel that you change or, or minimize in that regard. Yeah, how about um, how about this idea? What if instead of 4th and 15, I mean, this would be another gimmick, but what if you somehow incorporated – what I think is, is one of the most exciting plays in football, and you just did a pure Hail Mary. Ooh. Not to score a touchdown, but uh, you get your you know, you put the ball at the 50-yard line, untimed down, hmm. uh, and all you have to do to get the ball back is complete one of those uh, miraculous Hail Marys that we've seen uh, what over the years. I guess the Seahawks had the one with Golden Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, and I want to know, too, what's the percentages of Hail Mary completions oh. versus the percentages of completing onside kicks? got to be pretty similar right? gotta I mean, be right yeah 10 percent. yeah but but uh, then, I think I, that's always a super fun play yeah it definitely is but i think also the thing that happens after that is all right how far does the hell mary have to be are we talking you yeah, know 50 and then to the end zone like what are we looking at here i would say maybe 50 although like if you're the saints right now is drew Brees still able to get that down there <laughs> you might have to bring in Taysom hill or james <laughs> who, who, who uh, does that the Steelers bringing in it was the panthers Lynch. Remember the Panthers did that with uh, uh, Kyle Allen. Oh, so yeah. early on they had Kyle Allen throw the Hail Mary. That's right. And Cam Newton had to come out. Everybody went crazy over it. So imagine the strategy you'd be coming up with. Like send your two <laughs> biggest pass catchers to opposite ends of the end zone or something. And uh, I mean, I, that could get unsafe, too, with a bunch of guys going for a ball. But it, it's probably a little bit safer than uh, the, the collisions that happen trying to recover an onside kick. I'm not going to lie. I always find it funny. We're always trying to talk about making the game safer. But football in general. <laughs> it's an extremely violent sport. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's tough. And and I know that these kick returns and uh, even to a certain extent punt returns certainly aren't what they used to be. I don't necessarily think that's detracted from my enjoyment of the game. Uh, but also, I, I don't think the lack of uh, onside kicks being recovered have detracted from my enjoyment of the game either. I mean, I, I understand kind of the creativity behind this idea that they were throwing out there, whoever proposed it, but... It seems like a, a potential fix that you know for something that wasn't broken. You mentioned that creativity. Where do you come down on that? In the sense of the traditional, sticking with the traditional, the, the way that we've always seen football and, and and special teams and onside kicks and, and and everything that comes with that. Verse right, like the competition committee style, tweaking the game to make it more entertaining, if you will, right? Because I think we can all agree, just from an entertainment standpoint, I think we'd rather see a 4th and 15 play versus an onside kick. Correct. But how do you balance that, Bacco, with the, you know, again, the traditional nature of what football has been for decades as a sport, as a game, versus every sports and every business's just kind of need to always be entertaining? Oh, boy, Wes, I feel like you're, you're at the root of your question is, do I like change, which is a very big <laughs> philosophical sort of prompt, and uh, I don't know how much time we have left. But, um, no, I mean, I, it's just you got to always find that balance or, or the fine line between innovating uh, and, and just changing something for the sake of changing it, right? And, and that's obviously where the Steelers as an organization came down on, on that side of the line was just this ain't it for us. And, uh, Art Rooney said that, that he and Mike Tomlin 
agreed on that one, and, and that's not necessarily surprising to me. Um, but th- there's been so many innovations in, in sports over the years that I, I bet right away there were people, you know, there was the Brian Batko of, of covering the NBA, um, what, 40 years ago, who said a three-point line, well, that'll never work. That's <laughs> dumb. It'll be out of the league soon. And look at it now. It's, you can't even imagine basketball without the three. It's, it's hard to imagine football without the two-point conversion. And at one point in time, these were all radical ideas. So uh, that's why, I, you know, I'm not 100% against the the, the fourth and 15 uh, method, and uh, certainly I saw some sports writers, columnists, completely blasting it. But uh, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing to answer your question uh, to start thinking outside the box, I guess, and and especially when uh, you talk about uh, ways to make football not only safer, but uh, I think just more enjoyable for, for future generations. And I hope football is still around for future generations. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, I had a question. Um, in terms of the tabling process, did you have any information on, I guess, how close it was to passing or not? No, I didn't, most, but it, it seemed like we kept hearing that, you know, people were citing sources from within the league, whether it's GMs or, or coaches, that, uh, this thing had a lot of momentum, and, and then it gets to uh, the, you know, put up or shut up time, and, and it doesn't quite get there. So, uh, obviously, you know, the, the franchise that, that we worry about the most and, and that we think about and cover the most on a daily basis wasn't necessarily for it. So, uh, perhaps that's why you didn't hear uh, much of that smoke coming from around here. But, uh, yeah, I think it was Philadelphia that, that proposed that. So, uh, oh, just on the other side of the state, they were obviously into it. Yeah. Yeah, you can blame blame my wife Morgan for that one. <laughs> Her people. Now, of recently, there there were talking about some of the changes to the Rooney Rule as well, and that was something that had drew a ton of national interest. Obviously, when they were speaking on doing the incentivized third round draft picks and things like that for minority hires in the head coaching department and in the uh, GM and senior executive positions. So, what was your overall just outlook on that? At the very least, uh, I'm glad that. It got that conversation started again and, and for lack of a better term, kind of brought back awareness of, of something that the, the league continues to struggle with. And uh, this was you know, this is kind of always constantly a topic. I mean, last year uh, I remember asking and, and writing about it when the Steelers faced the Dolphins with uh, Brian Flores, one of the few minority coaches in the league uh, as well. And uh, I think he was the only minority hire uh, mm-hmm. in the hiring cycle last year so. Uh, it's, it's always something that should be at the forefront of the uh, large-scale conversations uh, about the NFL. And uh, even if that uh, kind of radical idea isn't going to be put into place, for better or worse, uh, uh, at least there was another dialogue started about it. And, and when you have uh, big-name guys, high-profile guys like Mike Tomlin weighing in on those situations and uh, in those discussions, I, I think that's never a bad thing. All right, I like that. I like that. Now, were you satisfied with the, uh, uh, I guess, was it the addendum that they did make to it in yep. terms of making it where now you have to interview two minority candidates for a head coaching position or a GM position as well? Do you think that was a good step in the right direction? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea, and I also think the change that they made to, to coaches who are in the postseason mm, uh, yeah. not being able to be blocked, is is that's great for, for coaches of any color, really. I mean, because that can – uh, stop a guy from from getting a job that he is is qualified for, or at least deserves more of a shot to get an interview for, regardless of whether he's uh, black, white, any race. So uh, I think those were both steps in the right direction. There. 
couple more questions here with Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. The Brian Backo. That's right. The ba- and Backo, D- are, are, you know, as always, D. Have chiming in here. He's got Backo now photoshopped with a mask on. Oh. So Backo could come hang out in the studio with us and we can do so safely. Safety first. Yeah, I'm not as essential as you guys. That's, that's <laughs> the darn It just makes me feel good even being on a show deemed this essential. <laughs> you, you, listen, now you're just bl- making us blush over here, making us feel good about ourselves. Um, you know that. Listen, we like to get your predictions. All right, you know. Uh oh. Boats, you know, we got a, you got a little degenerate side to each of us. You know, we like to predict things. We like to get our opinions, and particularly on sports out there and how we think things are going to go. So as it stands today, Brian Backo, Friday, May 29th, the year of our Lord 2020. Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers, a playoff team in your mind? I've kind of been making waves in in the Steelers media circle with being. Uh, far more pessimistic uh, about this team in 2020 than most Uh-oh. who have this job. Uh-oh. Uh, but here's here's kind of what I, I think might happen, and that all sort of depends on how the AFC is going to play out, right? So, and, and the NFL at large, because you, you do play four teams from the other conference. I think the NFC this year is, is going to be deeper overall than the AFC. In this conference that the Steelers are in has much more power at the top of the game with the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think most people would agree that, that they're going to be uh, dominant uh, again in, in 2020. Um, so that, to me, says that, that there's going to be a lot of teams sort of fighting for uh, those last few spots, those, those new wild card spots. So at this point, I'm going to say that, yeah, the Steelers do find a way to sneak in there. And uh, I think it, it, for the first team that was able to uh, win the Super Bowl as the sixth seed coming all the way from that bottom spot now that there's seven teams in the playoffs uh, my fearless prediction fellas is that the Steelers will be the first number seven seed in oh, AFC history. okay now how's that work for you I, I like that, I like that, that that's, that's bold that, that's very bold especially with this next question because obviously Ben Roethlisberger has been dominating the headlines of lately obviously when he dropped the new video the yeah, I'm back the video Huh? He said he doesn't do the most, but he does a lot. That's <laughs> the Drake song in the back. I mean, this guy doesn't miss a beat. So my question to you is, man, do you think Ben is going to return and be the Ben that we've seen in the past, the Ben that we've all come to know and love here? Do you think he comes back on that level, or do you think he takes a step back? I, I don't, Moats. I think, he, yeah, I think he does take a step back just because the last time we saw a full season out of him, I mean, yes, it was a little bit of a mixed bag with all the turnovers, but also the, the way that he was racking up yards in, in 2018 was, uh, I think it's going to end up going down as his peak, at least statistically. And mm. uh, I think any quarterback uh, aging, especially one whose playing style is what Ben's is, is, is going to regress a little bit as, as his career goes on and as he gets older. And with him, of course, specifically, there's the injury that he's trying to come off of. Uh, and get back to where he was in, in 2020. So I think I could see a step back in, in 2020 for Ben, and, and I'd probably even predict that uh, if, if you made me. But I, I don't necessarily think that it's it's going to be a um, you know you know a downward slope. I, I think he could get his feet wet again in, in 2020, uh, and, and maybe not be as good as he was two years ago, but could be just as good in, in 2021, or, or maybe even a little bit better. Uh, especially if he's you know, certainly willing to play out that contract and then kind of ride off into the sunset. So uh, long-winded answer to, to no. I, I don't think he's going to be peak Ben again, but 
Uh, I also wouldn't jump off a bridge if he does struggle a little bit this year. Okay, okay. See, and that's why Bacco loves coming on this program, Motsi. If he made that that Drake reference with our good buddy Adam Crowley, I mean, it's just falling on empty ears. You're right, you're right. But see, Bacco can make those type of references around here, and he knows we pick up on them. Of course, our good buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. All right, last one I got for you, Mr. Bacco. Uh, You mentioned the last dance a couple minutes ago. Uh, quarantine activities. Uh, other than hanging out with little Dawson, <laughs> other than hanging out with the little with the with the little man Dawson. And by the way, everybody needs to follow Brian Backo, obviously on Twitter, but also on Instagram because he just posts some hilarious stories of his son and his fits and his drips, and it, it's just fantastic. Uh, but you know, Motsi has in, has invested in real estate. He's buying more hats. He's invested in a new hat collection too, because none of us can get haircuts. Uh, I've bought in a smoker, and I'm smoking meats like two or three times a week. So, what's been your newest uh, quarantine activity? Oh boy, uh, well, yeah, I was enjoying the last dance every Sunday night. I, I made that appointment viewing. Sometimes, you know, with a four-month-old, you fall asleep. So maybe it was a uh, Monday morning viewing for me. But um, yeah, I've been been doing that. Been uh, mowing down some some movies and, and TV shows. I just watched Uncut Gems. Oh, the other that's, day, that's which a I good movie in theaters. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty stressful. Uh, I oh, watched yeah. The Joker the other day, which was one of the few I didn't see for the Best Picture nominee. So I've been doing that. Um, the the Batco Estate has a pole in the backyard. I'm oh, get around oh, humble that. flex! I hear you. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we uh, we get some warmer weather, because it's about to get cold again. But um, and you know, cutting the grass, uh, I've, I've got more time to do that. That's for sure. So you uh, those have pretty much been brand? my quarantine activities. Yeah, yeah, I wow. can't talk too much. Listen, like listen. At the Batco Estate, they pride themselves on hard work. All right, that's Jeez. why they live. That's why they live in Shaler, baby. They don't need to be. They don't need to live in you know Bridgeville like somebody oh, on this show. Oh man, who would ever and, live in Bridgeville and, and, and have everybody cut their grass? You know, some Jeez. of us. Some of us like to do cut the grass in our own estate, right, Becca? <laughs> Yeah, and then you sit there on the deck uh, with a frosty beverage and oh. you just admire your work for a while. That is the, the uh, middle-aged dad dream right but there. But then you got to do it again the next week. <laughs> well, no, like, <laughs> yeah, I like four days later. <laughs> I hate cutting the grass, oh, too. Listen, if the grass grew, you know, once every two, three weeks, that's different. <laughs> I see my neighbors there out there every week. I'm like, yep, I do especially, not envy Especially that this time all. of year. It's like every right. four days with the way it's it rains bad, and man. everything. Brian Backo, buddy, we appreciate the time. We're sorry we missed you yesterday. Uh, but thank you, as always. We appreciate it. Great stuff. Find his work, Brian Backo's, in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on Twitter, at Brian Backo. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. And because of that, we will talk to him six days from now, yes. next next Thursday. So if, just be ready when the hotline blings, okay? Be ready when the hotline Maybe blings. Maybe I'll find a way to give you guys virtual snacks like I do uh, when we do this in person. Ooh. Now, if you could figure that out, you're really on to something. All right. Have a good weekend, fellas. Thanks for the time, buddy. You too. There he goes. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our good friend. Thanks to him for the time and for, you know, for switching it up for us. A little audible here. Uh, We normally talk to him on Thursdays, but talking to us on a Friday. Some interesting points there, some things that we discussed uh, that I want to talk about a little bit more with Arthur Motes on the other side. Get those tweets in, too, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap up the first hour of the program on the other side. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
Rolling along here on a Friday, Euler Emotes inside the Electric Factory. Wrapping up the first hour here, thanks to our buddy Brian Backo, who joined us previously. He's just one of our favorite guys in the business, that Brian Backo. He can talk it all, you know? He can talk music with us. He can talk movies with us. He can talk quarantine activities and always a great wealth of Steelers information. But remember, if you know if you got angry tweets to direct about his Steelers predictions. Which I feel like he always gives us like that, right? At Brian Backo on yeah, Twitter. He never gives us like good Steelers like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's always going to be happy and butterflies and but, rainbows. No. To be fair to him, right, he's been he's been correct more often than he's I been know, incorrect. I know, and that's what makes me mad. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, Backo. Uh, Edward says here, as from the fan perspective, right, he loves the field goals. That's what makes the game, the close game, so dramatic. Kickoffs, eh? It should just be a fourth. Or, uh, kickoffs, eh? He said even he said along my lines of getting rid of kickers, he'd rather get rid of punters, right? Because he should just go for it on every fourth down play. And if not, you gotta have the quarterback go back and punt it Roethlisberger style. Jeez. There's listen when it comes to this kind of competition stuff, right? And versus the balance of the just integrity of the game, the traditional nature of the game, there's always a lot of different takes. I, I mean, without a doubt, everybody's got their own way to do it. I'm just glad, like, right? Like, we made the joke. I made the joke about the Constitution. I'm just glad that we have, like, competition committees who are continuously evaluating things, right? When I, I made the joke about if Thomas Jefferson came back today and he'd be like, wait, you guys haven't written anything new? Like, I wrote this 200 years ago. I wrote it with a feather and a quill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that the NFL has uh, competition committees, things of this nature. Um, and, again, we've seen it work both ways, right, Moats? We've seen where new things come in and they stick. And then, like with last year, we certainly saw, right, the, the whole pass interference, the pass interference review thing, they're going to cut that out for now, too. I, It's at least it, – it makes it seem to me like the powers that be in that regard, I think all you can ask for is to be self-aware, and they have done that to this point. Yeah, man, so far so good in that regard. And I like the fact that they are constantly having conversations about – the game how can they improve it how can they continue to help it go forward without losing the integrity of it so i think that's all going to be key and i mean right now like you said they're doing a good job so we'll roll with it we'll, we'll give them another pass we'll give them another pass yeah. richard has uh you know with you and Ty, he's he's with you on uh over protection of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh taking the big hits and the exciting hits out of the game it's starting to get less entertaining and more frustrating to watch but that also goes with what we were talking about with Backo, right? The safety of the game and the integrity, the longevity of the game, right? We want football to be safe. We still want 40 years from now, 60 years from now, 600 years from now, there still to be football. Yes. And I know that just from the pure perspective of, you know, you go back and watch some of those hits in the 90s and the early oh, 2000s. Man, it was brutal. <laughs> but for the integrity of the game, right, for the safety of the athlete – the NFL is going about the right – maybe maybe they could be doing even more, but they're going about the right direction in that regard. Again, as much as I love to see the the Debo laying out Muhammad Massaquai at midfield, right? As like, much as I love to see, like, the clotheslines from back in the day. Yeah. I, I also like to see healthy football players in the best talent on yes. the field, and I don't like to see, you know, guys deal with – Injuries, the, the long-term ramifications. And, yeah, and the that, long-term yeah. ramifications for the rest of their lives. Certainly, uh, we got some more tweets here to get to in the second hour at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. 
But when we come back here, Moats, I got I got something I think the uh, the power grid, the megawatts are going to like. I uh -oh. think uh -oh. something that's going to get the people going here. Um, we've talked about this, right? And Moats and I have done a little bit of this. Like once a week, it seems like we just do some kind of off-the-wall football conversation. Like on Wednesday, I think it was, right? We did the under-25 yes. NFL team. Because, again, there's no OTAs. There's no mini camp. There's Everyone is drumming up their own content. Well, in that same Why vein. Why like that, drumming up their own content? I mean, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. In that vein, right, uh, the TV show Undisputed, which is the Fox Sports morning show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, mm -hmm. today they were debating the top 10 NFL teams of all time. And, of course, you know, Skip Bayless with his cowboy-loving antics. Mm. Uh, Shannon Sharp kind of uh, put Skip in his place when it comes to some things that are related to the Steelers. I want to play this clip, and I want to talk about how we evaluate all-time great teams from era to era. So stick with us. I think you'll really enjoy this, Steelers fans, this audio we've got for you on the other side. We'll also get to your tweets in hour number two as well, at Wesley Euler, at the body 50. The body. One hour in the books, another hour to go here on this Friday. Get at us on Twitter. Stick with us. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain to Roethlisberger and Blitzburg. We are always talking black and gold on SNR. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm fired up. Well, that's good. Me too. It's a Friday. It's hour number two inside the Electric Factory. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz on SNR. Rolling along here, and you know we're getting to the last hour of the show when Motes and I start talking about food more often. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... It's just part of the process. So what? We hungry. Mrs. So what? Mrs. Moats just picked up some ribs. Hey, hey, hey. I'm stopping down the strip district to get a nice chunk of meat on my way out of here for tomorrow. Only way to do it. And we are vibing, having some fun, appreciating all the tweets that we've been getting so far. We'll get to all of those here in the second hour before we wrap up the show. All right, I mean, you, are we really? Are we really going to get to the tweets? Yeah. You, you, sure? you know the drill. Listen, if people tweet us, we will get it. I should say. As long as it's appropriate, all right? I mean, if you, <laughs> say, you hey. tweet me a bunch of curse words <laughs> and a bunch of something like that, okay? I mean, I'm not going to read it on air. But as long as your tweet is appropriate, is Steelers or football or related to the conversations we're having appropriate, you will get on the air at Wesley Euler at it's, the bottom it, 52. Hold on, man. It's how you put a lot of stipulations on these tweets today, man. No, they just got to be <laughs> something that we can read on air, all right? That's all it's got to be. It's just well, got to be something we can read on air. It has to be sent from an iPhone. can't be sent <laughs> yeah. from an Android, all right? <laughs> It's got to be less than 100 characters. 101 characters, you're out. It's got to contain exactly seven pronouns, three adjectives. And I need and, and, and no pictures. Yeah. <laughs> no, only only, uh, no, only videos. No GIFs either. No yeah. no GIFs. GIFs, GIFs, that's a, the great debate right there. What is it? And I should say, you know, I, I said, right, that you got to, it's got to be Steelers or football centric. I'm lying. No, it doesn't. All right, just as long as it's a good, intriguing question or point. It can be about whatever, because again, in this unprecedented time. <gasps> I've never heard that before. 
in these unprecedented times, we'll, we'll, you know, we follow the shiny object here a little bit more on the show now than we used to, right? We normally like to stick in the football stealer conversation 90, 95% of the time, and then we'll get a little off the rails occasionally. But now we've, you know, hey, we'll, like I said, we'll chase the shiny object a little bit more. But get your tweets in here in the second hour. We will get to them, I promise. Arthur Motes, one of the things, again, that we've been doing that everybody who works in sports media is doing, you're kind of embracing debate a lot over these last, what, 79 days, I think it's been now, since we've last had sports, almost 80 days since the NBA shut her down and the NHL was close to follow and NCAA athletics close to follow as well too. baseball closing spring training and never getting running with their regular season. We're doing a lot of different conversations, a lot of lists, a lot of who's better, a lot of Michael Jordan versus LeBron, right? A, a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, one of those things this morning on Undisputed, of course, the morning show on Fox Sports 1 with former NFL tight end Shannon Sharp. Oh, Uncle Shay Shay. And highly regarded gas bag Skip Bayless. uh, They were listing the top 10 teams in National Football League history. Skip Bayless had the 1985 Bears as Mm. number one on his list. Now, Arthur Motes. I would imagine, right, if we would do this poll nationwide, I'm talking not just on SNR, because we know if we ask this on SNR, the answer that we're going to get from 95% of people is that the best team of all time is one of the Steelers' 70s teams. Correct. But if we did this poll nationwide, I think it's safe to assume that the 85 Bears would get a lot of votes. They definitely would. I mean, and rightfully an, so. Rightfully so. They're an iconic team, an iconic defense. What, 15-1 and one in the regular season that team went? Only lost one game ironically to the Dolphins preventing those Bears from matching their their undefeated Super Bowl champion record that's only been done again was it 73 72 Dolphins 72 yes 72 mm-hmm. yep um the 85 Bears right and so that was Skip Bayless's team and then I think he had a Cowboys team or two and then he got to some of the 70 Steelers so the 70 Steelers weren't towards the top of Skip Bayless of Skip Bayless's list and Shannon Sharp had a little bit of a problem with that. Here's what he had to say. And, uh, I talked to Dent, Richard Dent, who's a, a good friend of mine. We went in the Hall of Fame together. He went to Tennessee State. Obviously, I went to Savannah State and Skip, so we joke a lot. I said, man, y'all the most hyped Super Bowl team in the history of the world. I said, y'all was, y'all was one-sided dominant. You make it seem like y'all had like 17 Hall of Famers on the offensive side of football. Y'all really only had one. That's Walter. <laughs> Defense was dominant. But for me, Skip, and, and I, most of these teams, a lot of these teams I remember, I remember the Washington team and I remember the 84 Niners. But Skip, I went with the 75 Steelers. They had 10 Hall of Famers. I don't think we'll ever see that again. They outscored their opponents by 15 points a game. The defense averaged giving up 11.6 points a game. And Skip, that's unbelievable. And you you were around and you know what they used to do. They used to beat the brakes off your Cowboys. And so you should give them even more credit than that. Because they kept the Cowboys from winning a couple of Super Bowls, did they, Skip? I know you don't like the Steelers because they did a number on your Cowboys for the longest time. Kept them from... Man, just imagine how many Super Bowls the Cowboys would have won if there were no Steelers. Y'all probably have another three or four, Skip. But unfortunately, there was the Steelers, and you didn't get it. (laughs) From Shannon Sharp's lips... Oh, Uncle Shay Shay. Right to Steelers Nation's hearts. I... There's a lot of points that he made there, Motsi, that I think bring up good debates right the first is i mean he he's got me second guessing how great because you know what if you would ask me this question this morning i might have said the 85 bears too 
But man, look uh, at the look at those seventy Steelers teams, right? Not only did they have the, I mean, we talk about yeah. the steel curtain, right? And we talk about Mean Joe and Dwight White and LC Greenwood and Ernie Holmes, and then you go to the second level and you've got Lambert and you've got Ham, and in the secondary, it's just ridiculous with guys like Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, just Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer, NFL Defensive Player of the Year after NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But he makes a good point. You look at the offense for that Bears, one Hall of Famer, whereas you look at the Steelers' offenses, right, and Terry Bradshaw, quarterback, Hall of Famer. Running back, Franco Harris, Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Sorry to John Stallworth. Get get these names out here, man. Come on, baby. I've just been regurgitating a lot of names. I just had a brain fart there. And Lynn Swan and John Stallworth and Mike Webster. I mean, they have Hall of Famers at every area of those Steelers teams. Yeah, Motes, I think Shannon Sharp is right. When you look at it that way, if you're looking at it in terms of accomplishments, in terms of well-rounded teams, in terms of Hall of Famers all over the board, nobody can cut, touch the 70 Steelers in that regard. Yeah, old Shea Sharp, man, he, he's good for, you know, coming up there and... Embracing debate. Embracing debate and knocking out good old Skip Bayless with some of that nonsense he always likes to spew. But for me, man, I never – I don't want to say I never viewed the Bears in that regard, but, I mean, they're a, an elite team without a doubt, but I've never viewed them as, like, the best team ever. Hmm. For me, it would have been either that Steelers team or I always, I'm a big fan of the 72 Dolphins. That perfection, it just <clears> – <throat> it's something about going undefeated. It's a reason it's, it's something only about it, once. And for me, knowing that they went undefeated – it's hard for me to say a team is better than that because we've never seen that before. Even all those Hall of Famers we just listed off, all the accolades that that Steelers team had, they never did that. So for me, that's why I always lean towards the 72 Dolphins just because that was perfection. And as a professional athlete, we understand how tough it is to accomplish perfection regardless of how many games you're playing. I don't care if you're playing 14 games, 16 games, 18 games. It doesn't matter. Perfection is hard. So the fact that they were able to accomplish that, man, and it's still to this day the only hasn't time. been done again, man. I know. For me, they they get my they get my vote. But some of those Cowboys teams were tight, though. How do you so how do you evaluate teams who had a year like the seventy two Dolphins or a team who had a year like the eighty five Bears, right? Because one of the, this is something that I've always argued. But now I'm going to kind of be forced to face my own music here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I've always argued, right, Arthur Motes. Um, I said this to you know to Eagles fans when when the Eagles were winning the Super Bowl, and I've said this to my buddies from college who were Washington Capitals fans when the Caps finally got their Stanley Cup a couple years ago. Yeah, great teams win championships. All time teams win. Sorry, great teams win a championship. Okay. All time teams win championships. Okay, like the 70 Steelers to me are an all time like maybe they get knocked like some people will say the 85 Bears are the 72 Dolphins because Mm -hmm. it's just harder to pin down which one of the Steelers teams was the best. Okay, but I don't know. It's it's, it's tough for me to say that the 85 Bears are the best team ever when that group only did it once. When there's groups of Cowboys, there's groups of Steelers that did it more than one time. What say you to that logic? Well, I look at it this way. If the roster wasn't the exact same for all of those years, then you got to throw that argument out the window. What if it was 90% the same, though? It's still not 100% the same. That's the difference to me, man. For me, I'm looking at it as, all right, that particular group, top to bottom, that roster, what they were able to do, I would take that team, that one year, 
and matched them up against any other team. Not this team from this four out of five years or this team from those three years because that's the case. The Patriots, they've come into that argument as well. Hmm. I mean, when you look at the success they were having in that short span, but each year, even though they had the main characters, that roster still was drastically different in terms of how they had to go about winning those games. You look at the last Super Bowl the Patriots won versus the Super Bowl that they went to versus the Eagles. What, two years before that? Yes. And the offenses were drastically different. Drastically. The way they went about playing in both of those Super Bowls were drastically different. But according to like what you're trying to say is you would pair all of that together for the Patriots just because it was in such a short span and then going, was it, I think they went to what, four and like six years or something like that? Yeah, from from like 15 to up until last, last, year. last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think in that regard, like that's why for me, I'm mm. always big on just, all right, that particular year, that particular roster, because it's always something unique about each season, each roster right. that makes and it go like that. The Patriots are a great example because they constantly have turnover. Mm-hmm. So what about, I'm going to go a different sport here, but same Ooh, conversation. Okay. The Penguins back-to-backs in 16-17. Mm-hmm. From 16 to 17, mm-hmm. of their 20 guys, right, so the 18 skaters and the two goalies. Yes. The Penguins came back in 17 with 19 of those 20. Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate a situation like that where, I mean, it was they lost one guy yeah. from the group that had won it the year before? Well, do you, you consider also, that But you more, also have to remember, was that the uh, – that was the year when, when Flurry left, right? No. No, no. Oh. It wasn't until after. The, uh, they, you're right. They had, you're right. Ben Lovejoy was the Correct. one was the one regular guy that they that mm-hmm. they had to replace. That's well, it. Well, I think in this argument that's a one-off, but still I was take okay, are you taking the 16 or are you taking the 17 team? Like, I think in that regard, you still have to ask yourself that you can't have and them that's, both. That's where I think the yeah. Steelers of the 70s get knocked a little bit in that because it's harder for people to choose one team. Yeah. You know, they'll put the 72 Dolphins and the 85 mm-hmm. Bears, and then they'll list a couple of those Steelers Correct. teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is this, it's a good problem to have if you're it the Steelers. Is, yeah, if you're going to debate you'd on. You'd rather have the four right. than the one. Absolutely. A, you'd rather be the Penguins and the Capitals, without a doubt. Yeah, I just look at it like when we're talking just the absolute, like if. If I had to have these Steelers teams of the 70s play against each other, which year team do I think is better than that year team? And that's kind of how I would go about mm-hmm. doing it. Even if they're the same players, let's be real. Uh, a player that might have been in year 10 in 70. As opposed to year 6. Absolutely. Like, it's different in that regard in terms of their ability, in terms of their role. I mean, we know each year, even though you can have the same exact people out there, roles change. And we know even with the same exact people out there, not only do roles change, but your skill level sometimes changes, whether you're improving or decreasing and things like that. So I think a lot of that factors into that whole debate of, okay, for teams that have won multiple championships, for teams that have had very similar rosters, we're not going to say Brady that went in but 02. In 02 is the same as Brady 15. that went in 15. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of like my – that's always my thought process with that because even LeBron, right, when he was in Miami and they went back-to-back – or not back-to-back, they went to what? Four, four straight. Four straight. But they did go back-to-back, right? They, yeah, they, 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 they won it back-to-back. The they, right? they went four in a row, but they won back-to-back. Right. Yeah, they lost the first one, won the second and third, and then lost, lost the fourth, fourth. one. Yep. But when I look at that, I say, okay – that LeBron Dwayne Wade combination in year three and four of that versus year one and two, same team, same characters, drastically different Much dynamic better. though. Yeah, and that's kind of my thought process with that. I, I, I like that, and I completely agree. Uh, get your get your tweets in on this subject at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. Where Michael says seventy five Steelers versus the eighty five Bears. Final score: Pittsburgh six, Chicago three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I think we scored on them more than that, man. <laughs> yeah, come on. Look at all those Hall of Famers at the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I think we scored on them more than that, man. 
I, I want to continue along similar, like maybe uh, take a slight turn here, but but a similar conversation of how we relate teams, how we compare the greatness of the 70s and 80s teams versus today. Like, for example, I'm going to ask Arthur Motes this question. I don't want an answer because we're going to talk about it on the other side. This is <laughs> good old-fashioned radio tease here. A team like this past year's Arizona Cardinals, how would they do against a team like the 1985 Chicago Bears? That's what I want to discuss on the other <laughs> side with Arthur Motes. Get your tweets in. About 45 minutes left here on the program as we embrace, embrace debate here in the second hour. We'll be back in just a few minutes inside the Electric Factory. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, Arthur Motes, let's just jump right into it here. What's up, DJ Wes? <laughs> That's DJ Fresh West to you. Mm-hmm. I always That's always one of the things I've, like, debated. What would my rapper or DJ name be? Mmm. DJ West, DJ Fresh West. DJ West on the ones and twos. You know, like, I've always had, you know, like, growing up, I had a lot of nicknames that were derived from famous people or pop culture references. Okay. Like, right, like, for example, right, like, Wesley Snipes, okay? So, like, a lot of my buddies that I played hockey with would call me Snipes because Ah, of Wesley Snipes. I also, right, I had a group of friends that, because when we were in, like, seventh grade when Anchorman came out, and it was, like, the most popular movie ever at the time, because of Vince Vaughn's character, right, I got Wes Mantooth a lot growing up, (laughs) and then that kind of devolved into just Tooth or Toothy, you know, like, you know how those things work? Mm -hmm. So, like, if I was a famous DJ or something, could I be, like, could I in- incorporate like Mantooth in a way, or is it already taken because it belongs to Anchorman? Or- nah, man, I'm stealing it all. At that, I'm stealing it all. <laughs> DJ Tooth, DJ Mantooth. I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop it. All right. If you got any ideas, let us know on the Twitter.com. Arthur Motes, here's the question that I posed to you. Because I think for some it's a real big hot take. For me, it's not. The team like the let's say the Arizona Cardinals last year. Okay. 5-10-1 that team goes last year. Kyler Murray, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Some really nice parts on defense. Uh, some to be desired on offense, but you still got Larry Fitzgerald. You got the Offensive Rookie of the Year in Kyler Murray. You've got that brain of Cliff Kingsbury kind of puppeteering, engineering the whole show. I like how you just casually walked right by that offensive line, though. I mean, they struggled. Trash. Yeah, okay, well, you <laughs> trying to be nice i mean yeah, they struggled kind of trash yeah yeah especially yeah. without our our, our uh, you know formerly of this parish our our, our brethren mm-hmm. uh, yeah they 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 were struggling trash yeah they they were struggling um but a team like that arthur motes against the 1985 bears Ooh. i'm sorry but i think last year's cardinals beat Ooh. the 85 bears i do yeah i mean as much as we want to discredit the Cardinals and obviously you got to hype up the Bears because they were world champs of that year it's just a different caliber of athlete I mean we we see it even with the Jordan document the last dance and yes people really were able to open their eyes to just how 
unathletic some of these guys were. I mean, even though they played hard and they were very successful, don't get me wrong, it's just a different level. But that's mainly due to the fact that during the 85 Bears season, those guys weren't football players year-round. Right. They had other jobs. They did. They, they did other things. The, the nutrition wasn't there. The I mean, the, the working out, the same caliber wasn't there. They got in shape at training camp. They didn't Correct. show up to training camp already in shape. Whereas in the, like whereas in today's NFL, these guys train year round. I mean, the the amount of things you're able to do just from an athletic ability, everything is a lot more advanced in this day and age. And that's why I personally think that the Cardinals will win. I kind of look at it like you take an old school muscle car, right? And yeah, without a doubt, it has all this. I mean, it was a classic back in the '80s when it dropped. Had you know the first car with and over it three. Still stands it the test of time. First car with over 400 horsepower. It was just an animal. Woo, Hemi engine. But nowadays, you look at just the basic car. It's gonna have Hemi engine, twin turbo, supercharging. You're like, okay, what are we talking <laughs> about? Like, here? You really want to do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, you got legacy. You're classic. You know, you were you were feared during your day. But it's a different time now, man. And I think that's kind of the situation when you're talking about the 85 Bears versus this Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals team from last year. Now, I don't think it would be a blowout. I think it would still be right. a good game because obviously that 85 Bears team, they're Super Bowl champions. Anytime you get to that level, you're in the conversation. You're going to be able to hold your own versus whatever no team one's you gonna play embarrass against. You. Correct. Yeah. But I just think that overall the Cardinals team of this day and age would be just too much from a talent standpoint. Yeah, I think so, and like schematically too. Oh yeah, it would definitely I mean, present some nightmares. Because man. what are the Bears going to play that that forty six defense? Not a they going to put ten. <laughs> they going to put ten guys in the box? Not a chance. Yeah, yeah. So th- that's where that's where it always comes down for me. And I, I think you're right. Like a lot of times, people have these conversations. They like to poo poo on the old heiress. That's not what I'm trying mm, to do at not all. Not at all. Utmost respect. I just think you make a. There's OTAs and minicamp, and it's a being a professional athlete is a year round job now. I've talked about this with Phil Bork before, right? Uh, for those who, who might not be familiar who from outside of Pittsburgh, Phil Bork, uh, he's the color commentator mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was a longtime Penguin. He was on the 91 and 92 Cup yes. winning teams uh, with Lemieux and Yager and those guys. And he's an iHeart guy, Phil Bork is. He's, he's part of the iHeart family here. He's in this building from time to time. Uh, we've talked about that before. And he said he's joked that, like, Mario Lemieux's preparation to get ready for training camp was he started ordering a side salad instead of fries with his sandwiches. <laughs> like, that, that's how Mar- that's how Mario oh, got ready man. for training camp was, like, two weeks before training camp, he'd start getting a side salad instead of French fries with his lunch. I'm not going to last pretty funny. And, 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 and he talks about, like, you know, guys would smoke cigarettes and chew tobacco and all this stuff. And you've seen the pictures of guys smoking cigarettes Dude, in the dugouts it, and in the I, locker I, I room. I was going to say, they, they said Jack Lambert. Yeah. He's going to go out there and get 20 tackles and smoke a cigarette at halftime. Yeah. Listen, I love Jack Lambert. I love the legacy that he's produced and everything like that. That's but not flying today. I'll, I, listen, the day a man smoking a cigarette during competition beats me, yeah. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. You're right. And again, it's just, it's not to poo-poo that era. We still love that you're era. You're just not going to disrespect me and smoke a cigarette and he's, think you're going to beat me. It ain't happening. It's not happening. It's, it's period. Period. And so I think, you know, again, just a lot of these, the, the, the technology training and the nutrition and the, you know, the calisthenics and all this stuff that, and yoga and all this stuff now the guys are doing and just, yeah, taking care of their bodies like never before, right? I think that's part of the why, like people talk about this a lot of time, Motsi, and I realize that this, I might lose some of our audience here, but just bear with me for a quick second. Like, you know, 
Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. like the two great soccer players right now. These dudes are 33, 34 years old and are still the two best soccer players in the world, mm-hmm. where a generation ago, right, those guys, the best soccer players in the world, they all kind of fell apart at age 30. Yeah. Because their bodies are – because they're not taking care of themselves during the offseason. They're smoking cigarettes in the locker room. They're, they're doing all this stuff. Now you see – I think that's part of the reason why – like, dude, like, Tom Brady wouldn't have been playing at age 43 back in the 70s. He just wouldn't have. There wouldn't have been that obsession with nutrition and taking care of yourself during the offseason. These things evolve. Absolutely. And and I think that's the reason why we can agree upon that one thing of, yeah, the, today's day and age, the amount that goes into these guys' preparation, the amount that goes into these guys preparing themselves for the games and just for the overall grind of a season, I, I just don't see it. Like our, our buddy Bob Labriola, right? Labs. He's an SNR guy, Steelers.com, Steelers Digest. Him and I have joked before, you know, out at, out at Sharky's during training camp uh, in the evenings over a, a cold beverage. Labs and I have had this conversation. He thinks Johnny Unitas is the great. Like he will, you could never convince Labs that Johnny Unitas is not the greatest quarterback Johnny of all time. You. And that's Labs' prerogative. That's his right. And he's got plenty of reasons to back that up. But I'm just like, there's no way that, that Johnny Unitas could make the throws that Aaron Rodgers makes or that Patrick Mahomes makes or that Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger makes. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm one. just not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> as much as as much as I respect Lab's opinion on, on football-related things, I'm just— Right, and he makes—you know, you, yeah. we, I've had this conversation with him. He makes some good points. I just— Johnny, uh, yeah, Johnny Unitas would be a better football player if he was born in 1990 versus being born in the the 50s or the 60s whenever he was born. Correct. And that's just because that's just the nature of these things. As much as, you know, I'll sit here and and argue that after Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby's just as good as any hockey player ever, but 30, 40 years from now, I'll be singing a different tune. I'll be talking about some guy who's not even born yet Who's, who's doing crazy things 20, 30 years from now, just like we'll be talking about, I think, you know, some of these football teams in the same way 20, 30 years from now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Edward chimes in here. All right, you asked for it. I'm not sure the 75 Steelers offense could have scored enough on the 85 Bears, but the 79 Steelers would have. Ooh, that's why I prefer the 79 okay. Steelers. Yeah, I've. that's an interesting debate to me amongst um, – I got. I don't want to use the wrong word here. The more seasoned <laughs> members of Steelers Nation, right? So, so not the not awesome the, job, by the way. Awesome yeah, job. <laughs> not the young bucks like Moats and I. The more seasoned oh, members of Steelers man. Nation, like seventy-five versus seventy-nine. That's always a really good. Which Steelers team was better debate? Edward goes with seventy-nine because of the offense. Uh, Don Juan, our buddy, says Skip is a Steelers hater. I'm glad Shannon put him in his place. Ten Hall of Famers never will be done again. And don't even get me started saying L.C. Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that would argue, right, that that Steelers team should have more Hall of Famers. Yeah, definitely from that standpoint, I I think that's a fair. We will never see a era, a a group, right, that has as many Hall of Famers from it as those seven. No question. I mean, you talk about a team being complete from top to bottom. Like, wow. I mean, they they definitely. What they presented offensively, defensively, and at all levels, it wasn't just D line dominant. It wasn't just offensive line dominant. They I mean, you got Hall of Famers at every at each and every, every position. Level. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, David, oh, this is a good one. Our buddy D have tweets loving this past versus present idea. Who wins this battle? Walter Payton versus Arthur Motes. Ooh, oh, man. Baby. Hey, hey, listen, man. I, I respect the, the OGs. 
I'm giving it the sweetness, man, because I was a fan of his, all right? And the fact that, you know, I did win the award named after him for community service. You did. Twice. You did. So with that being said, man, hey, hey, I, I will gladly, humbly bow out and, and let my man get that. To sweetness? Yeah, sweetness. Okay. And it's a dope nickname, by the way. It is. A, it's one of the best nicknames yeah. ever, for sure. Uh, okay. Well, let's look at the tail of the tape here. Mama name was Sweetness. I'm going to call him Sweetness. <laughs> let's look at the tape here. Arthur Motes. This is via the ironclad source of Wikipedia. <laughs> and everybody knows if it's on Wikipedia. It oh, yeah, true. it's got to be true. 100% accurate. Arthur right? Motes playing height, six foot. Uh huh. Weight, 246. Wow, that's Whoa. very accurate. Whoa, that's very, okay. 240, not 245. No, 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 because no, that'd be too late. 246. And not 247 because that's too heavy. It's 246. Okay, All is right. that fair? Six foot, 246? Is that fair? Debatable, but we'll go with it. Walter Payton, 5'10", 200 pound playing Ooh. weight. So I'm going with Moats. I, I, I was saying, what are we asking? Though? That's the, the question. That's true. Yeah, is this what, in the what open are we field? Asking? Is yeah, this like in the trenches? In the hole? Is goal line? Is I mean, is he trying to run me over? He's trying to make me miss? Or am I trying to just get him down? Am mm. I trying to make him fumble? Like, what are we trying to do here, man? But you know what, Motsy? You can take sweetness. That's very nice and humble of you. Oh, I'm going. Man. I'm going with Arthur Motes. Edward tweets, I think you just called me old. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. I said seasoned. I said experienced. Very experienced. That's just exp- you're just exp- I don't have that experience. I lack that experience. <laughs> you're just a very, very, very and seasoned individual. Lil, Lil J and B55, who is Moats' biggest fan, says, sorry, but I don't think there's any way Moats beats Walter Payton. Yeah, man. It's sweetness, bro. What are we talking about here, baby? Hey, I'm just looking at the tail of the tape. Mm. I'm taking the boxer with the 40 extra pounds. I'm taking the MMA fighter with the 40 extra pounds. I don't know. Yeah, you're right about that. I'll just let Moats be humble, though. I'll be his hype man. Nah, man, you know what I'm saying? I got to be humble, man. I'll hype him up. I got to stay 10 toes down. (laughs) One more segment to go. You know what that means. On the other side, we will get to all of the tweets that we haven't answered yet. So get them in now at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. And also, Arthur Moats. What's up? We got to get that paper. Gots to get the paper. Uh Uh-oh, did I prepare something? What am I getting the paper on? I don't know. You have to come back with us to find out. It was a NASCAR race last night, though. I know. You were tweeting about it, posting about it, Instagramming about it. You know me. I got me a new toy. Next next thing I know, Moats is going to come in here just using NASCAR terms, right? <laughs> just sway bar. Man, I was loose. You know, I had to, had to go. Car wasn't running right on my way here, yeah, Wes. Yeah, man. It felt, felt a little tight coming into turn two, so you know it's how it happens. Get that paper. What possibly could we have to pick next? <sighs> I'm so excited. We just have to come back with us to find out. We'll wrap up the show when we return. It's Steeler Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, we asked and the power grid has delivered. Okay. Now, this is a really good point by Edward here. He said, I totally respect you guys' views on how modern players are better. But also... A guy like Deacon Jones has preached for years that if you gave us that training regiment that these guys have now, we'll see what happens. Now, that's a fair point. Now, I like that rebuttal. I do like that, but at the end of the day, it is what 85, it is. they didn't have that. Right. So, that's how to hide. But that is, that it, is a good point, Edward, because yeah, I'm sure Jordan can make the same conversation. Yeah. If I trained year-round or if I did these things like how LeBron has, I will be even that much better. It's debatable. 
because sometimes it could be the opposite, right? You train like that. Well, now you could overtrain and you could have some of those hmm. injuries come up too. So, it's, you know, it's a little thought process. Interesting. But yeah, no, I mean, that it's it's a it's de- it's certainly a fair angle if those guys oh, have yeah. the technology yes. that we that we have now and some of the equipment upgrades too. It's a good point, but Edward's been all with us on the participation today. I love it. I know, man. Shout out to Edward. Uh, the lit one, Rebecca, says that I'm lacking lit, I'm lit. lacking in seasoning because you still live in your mama's basement. Oh! <laughs> Rebecca, how you going to do me like that, all right? Shots fired. Wow. I didn't know she had that in her. That was like personal right there. Jeez. That was personal. Hey, you know. All just, right. I like it. Just because I'm the nerdy sports guy doesn't live, I mean I live in my I mama's basement. I like okay? it. My Get out your mama's house. My mom lives like a mile down the road, okay? Be nice. Oh, I like That was a good shot right there. <laughs> that was a good that one. That was a good shot. I'm going to remember that, Rebecca. Don't worry. Uh, don't, don't you worry. Uh, Thrash, our buddy. Our Virginia buddy. Hey. Uh, he's with Moats on cutting the grass, but luckily in Virginia, we usually have to cut grass uh, a little in the spring, and then it's almost a drought in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> that happens around. I'm telling you, this time of year, you got to cut it like every four days. Bro, it's crazy. Like, but midsummer, you, you can outside, go like, oh, it's two it's weeks. Going that fast. Yeah. Yeah. But midsummer, you're right. When you get in drought time, you can go like 10 days, two weeks without cutting it. King Dussie, do we have any Corona challenges? <sighs> What they got the, the push up challenge, right? There's been push up cha- there's the music challenge, the, 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 the take a picture of you like playing a game mm-hmm, with your kids challenge. Mm-hmm. My challenge has been the I'm not gonna cut my hair until I can get a haircut without having to wait for one challenge. <laughs> so every time I try, there's like a six hour wait, and I'm like, I, I'll just let it grow. Yeah, I think my challenge was um see how long I could play the game without having to go to sleep and being able to operate affection uh, <laughs> effectively the next day. So far, I've been doing pretty well with my challenge. <laughs> if I just pass out on, on on the air, you know what happened. <laughs> Moats, what are you doing over there? <laughs> and uh, Lil J and B fifty five, a little correction here, Motsy. Uh, Lil J and B fifty five says uh, he's got you, not Walter Payton. Oh, he's taking Moats. Oh, he's taking oh. Motsy over Walter Payton. Well, all righty then. Well, that makes two of us, little J and B. I got righty then. I got faith in my guy. All right, Arthur. Y'all gonna make me blush. That'll do it for the tweets. Thanks to everybody who tweeted in. Oh wait, no, sorry, we got one more from Gregory. But See? wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Billy Mays. All right. Hey, I'm glad you said that. You know why? Billy Mays, Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh guy. Okay. Uh, graduated from Pine Richland High School. I don't know if you knew the that. The Pine Richland High School. Um, and so normally I wouldn't like him, right, because I'm a Mars guy, and those are our rivals. We call them the pukes at Pine Richland. Hey. Uh, you know, the Pine Richland pukes. Uh, but Billy Mays, also a WVU guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Mm-mm. Billy Mays played football at WVU, Arthur Motes. Oh, How okay. about that? I like the map. So wait, there's more. Uh, just our buddy Gregory tweeted us, have a wonderful weekend, brothers and Steelers Nation. You guys, too, out there. You know, we're slowly we're slowly starting to get there, Motsi. Slowly. One day, One day at a time, all right? We're slowly starting to get there to some sense of uh, a return to some sense of normalcy. Eh, slowly, one day at a time. Speaking of return to normalcy, Motsi. What's up? You going to do a little... Uh, Little D Gen talk before we get out of here on a Friday. It wouldn't be a Friday if we didn't. Because you know, I know. Listen, I know I'm going to lose some of our audience here, but I know some of them are going to be picking up what I'm putting down as well. We got sports this weekend. Ah, oh, yes. We got Bundesliga football. All right. 
the German Soccer League. Okay. And you know this. Everybody who's listened to the show knows this. I'm a big soccer fan. I'm a big European soccer guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's time, Mosi. Okay. To give the people what they want. Let's do it. It's time to get that paper. Show me the money. Show me the money! Still does it to me. It's the best. Yes, it still does it. <laughs> I love it. Listen, we're getting real close to like doing this for real, for real, right? I mean, NBA looks like it's getting close. The mm -hmm. NHL looks like it's getting close. Mm -hmm. The English Premier League is coming back. Mm -hmm. Spanish La Liga and Champions League and all mm -hmm. that's coming back. Right now, we're hanging on to NASCAR and German soccer, baby. Shout out. And all UFC. Right. And UFC, too. That's yes. right. I don't know as much about NASCAR. Certainly not to like put my money where my mouth is. But when it comes to German soccer, folks, mm. I got you covered. All right? So I've got three games. I know normally we go five, all right? But I... You know what, Mozi? As my Fox Bet app goes off here, I'm gonna say, phone. man, am I hearing some some gambling that's apps a, going on? That's a Fox Bet app going off. I, I, in felt, the I felt like a DJ because I knew the sound. I was like, hey, <laughs> make the call, download the app. You know what? Screw it. I'll pick two extra games. We're gonna do five here, like we always do. The first one is coming up here in about 45 minutes, Mozi. My German squad is Bayer Leverkusen. All right. Okay. Us real I fans. I can barely even say that. Us word. real fans, we call them the Coos. All right, the Coos. They've got a young player, Kai Havertz is his name. Remember that name. Kai Havertz. 20 right. years old. A couple years from now, he could be one of those, you know, Messi, Ronaldo type Ooh, names in soccer. Like that. He is a beast. Okay. Uh, they are on the road against Freeburg, but I'm taking the Coos minus 133 to win straight up. Mm. Okay, that's today at 2.30. Okay, on okay. you to, straight up. On to Saturday. Bayern Munich, huge, massive favorites over Fortuna Dorsseldorf, okay? I'm taking the under. I'm taking the tie. What? Plus 900 on the draw, Mozi. All right? These, oh. these German soccer players are still knocking off the cobwebs, right? Like, this okay. is only, like, their third week of games. So, yes, Bayern is, I mean, this, huh. is, like, this is like the, you know, the Yankees versus the Pirates. I mean, this is a, a big golf and talent okay, and in class Okay, so here. it's going to be legit then. But, hey, who's to say it couldn't be 1-1? You know, both these teams still trying to get their fitness back, still trying to get on the same page at plus 900. Okay. Give me the draw there. Like I said, for me, because I'm a true DJ and I just like to, you know, see the city burn. I'm taking the under. I, 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 whoever's the favorite, I'm, give, give me the under. Wolfsburg versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Fun example for you guys here. Wolfsburg, their striker, Andy Sargent, is American. Oh, I like got him already. Some, got some American ties in here. Like Wolfsburg at home. Uh, plus 100, right? So I guess I guess you could say underdog, but not really. I mean, that's just about that's about as as little of a favorite as you could be to be plus. I mean, you know what I mean? Plus 100, Correct. minus yeah. 100. That's right on the line there. Gives me give me Wolfsburg plus 100 to win at home, and then Motsi one more on Saturday before we get to Sunday here. Speaking of Americans, Schalke versus Werder Bremen. Schalke has my favorite American currently, midfielder. His name is Weston. Uh, I can see why you know I like this guy. Okay. Weston McKinney, he scored a goal last week for Schalke. He's going to do it again this week. They're plus 150 at home. Mm. So I'm taking some underdogs here. Give me Schalke to win. And then on Sunday, the black and yellow German soccer franchise, oh. Borussia Dortmund, right? A lot of okay. Yinzers. You go on Twitter, a lot of Yinzers have picked Borussia Dortmund as their squad because I like it. I like they've it. got Americans on their squad as well, too. And they've got the, the same colors as Pittsburgh. Mm. 
Borussia Dortmund, eh, big favorites, minus 300, but they'll do that comfortably. I got to take one, you know, one favorite here. Okay, okay. Uh, Dortmund to win on the road against uh, Paderborn. Paderborn, one of the bottom German tier teams. That's at noon on Sunday. Give me Dortmund. So to recap, Dortmund to win. Munich and Dusseldorf to tie. Wolfsburg to win. Your pronunciation is just awesome, by the way. Well, I mean, my last name's Euler. I think I'd be pretty good. That's where my family hails from. I think I'd be pretty good at this. Schalke to win. And Bayer Leverkusen. The Coos to win. Leverkusen. To win here in about 40 minutes. I'm rolling with it. That'll do it for today, Motsi. Again, I know I lost a lot of our audience there with the German nah, soccer talk, with but it. they love it. At least it's you know we're starting to get back there. We'll keep it going. We got to throw some NASCAR in there. Absolutely, but they love that. We'll we'll, we'll have some it. fun, Motsi. That'll uh, that'll do it for this week. It was a good week. It was. What's it got to be over? I'm sad. You know why? Because let's make next week a better week. How about that? Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Thanks to everybody uh, for rocking with us, man. We have, it feels like every day we're getting more participation. Lil J and B, uh, Michael, D have Edward, Rebecca the Lit One, even though she's throwing me under the she bus. She threw a major shot at you. I love it. Don Juan, <laughs> Mark, uh, Thrash, everybody. King Dusty. Who am I forgetting here? I got one more to get to. One more Lil to get J&B? to. Gregory. Yeah, I got Lil J and B. Gregory right. as well. And, of course, a thank you to our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for joining us in the first hour. That'll do it for this week. Everybody have a fun, safe weekend. And we'll talk to you in same time, Monday, high noon. Sounds good. And same place, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steeler Nation Radio.